This is the Fenny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Kind of. It's technically the Pei Chen Show, but... You're listening to the Pei Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. She's not here. And we could sort of chop them together and make Pei White. You're listening this to the Pei Chen, Chen Show on In-Depth In-Depth Radio, News, News Talk 1010. Off to a nice, clear and understandable beginning then. Uh, my name is Vinnie White. I'm in for Pei Chen because she's deserted you. She doesn't care about you. She's conceited and evil. Where is she? Hmm? Where is she? Is she in here? Where she should be? Looking after your every need? Servicing your ears? No! Because she's... Where, where is she? Namibia, I think. Yes, uh, yes, I believe that's right. She's in Namibia. Does she need to be there? Does anyone need to be in Namibia? Probably not. I've been there, actually. Namibia, if you don't know where it is, if, if you're a, if you want to pay stalkers and you're devastated, you too can go and track her down. Um, you fly into what's it called? Wurstuk, Wurstuk, Wurstuk. So I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it sounds a bit like the Swedish chef pronouncing anything. You fly into Wurstuk, and then you can track her down from there. I think she's gone on safari for free. How did she swing that one? I can't even get to bloody London, Ontario for free. And she's gone to Namibia. Anyway, good luck to her. So I'm in for her this week and next week as she's on safari in the Okavango Delta, which is amazing, actually. She'll come back with many tales. When I was there, I was in Africa. I think it was the 20s. And um, no, it was about three years ago. And I, was, I went through eight African countries, and that's probably my favourite. It's the weirdest place, Namibia. Used to be German way back in the day. I mean, everyone had their piece of Africa, didn't they? It was a big patchwork quilt land grab. So you had the Belgians with a bit of land here, the Portuguese with a bit of land there, the Spanish, the French, and those bloody evil empire Brits. Evil, pure evil. Actually, they were quite evil. Sorry about that, by the way, Africa. Um on behalf of most European nations. Denmark even had a bit as well. Everyone had a bit, and it was the Germans that had Namibia until you know the Second World War happened, and then after that, you co- they couldn't keep hold of it. So they... Uh, I can't believe my guest has got a mobile phone on. What level of professionalism have I executed? There's an alarm, sorry. There's an alarm? What? To remind you, you should be on the radio. I should go on the radio show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring that mic down a bit. Okay, this There better? you go, yeah. You've just bullied your way into this broadcast. <laughs> my, my, it was getting a bit dull. I think it was a boring alarm. That goes off every now and then. Um, this is Tammy, and she's our guest for the day. Uh, I'm going to tell you what's coming up on the show first, and then I'll introduce Tammy. So uh, a little bit later on in the show, in the Pei Chen show, uh, we're going to talk about tourism, uh, its rapid expansion, and as part of looking forward to next week's International Women's Day, which is March the 8th next week, Um, We're going to um, talk to a woman that knows a great deal about how to empower women and how, on a global basis, we as individuals can help with the struggle against equality that is uh, still taking place in this fine world of ours. Can we make a difference on where we choose to go? Uh, Can we make a difference on how we act when we're there? And uh, are there countries perhaps that we should avoid that... Uh, where that gender gap is still alive, well, and headed in the wrong direction. So I'll be speaking later on to uh, Kelly Galaski, 
um, who is a global ambassador and expert of sustainable tourism. Uh, but before that, any problems with your life? Any issues? Anything up? Anything I can help with? Of course not. I'm not qualified. But I know a woman who is. And uh, she's in the studio with us now. It's Tammy Cunningham, and she is a relationship and communications expert. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for coming in. Um, it would have been a, a vacuous void without some of your advice. Perhaps you can steer us in the right direction. We're going to talk about relationships and general communications. You're a relationship and communications expert. You're the one that can steer us in the right, right direction. So if you're having tricky troubles with your relationship, then hopefully Tammy can put you in the right direction. And if you've got any questions for Tammy as a professional, and she ain't going to charge, so you might as well milk it while you can, mm-hmm. you can call in on 416-872-1010 or you can text the show on 71010 with your questions. In a quandary, in a love triangle, in a bit of a mess, are you currently listening to this hanging outside a window where you've just been caught having an affair and you're hanging on uh, by your fingernails? Probably not the ideal time to make a phone call, but should you get yourself out of that situation, Tammy can help you further by telling you what a fool you are in your love triangle, no <laughs> doubt. So, Tammy, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you manage to get into being a relationship and communi- communications expert? Well, actually, I kind of forced Gump my way into it. Mm. I was myself searching for... Um, some answers on how to live life and I was quite young at the time and I took a workshop and I was maybe 22 I was trying to figure out how to manipulate a boyfriend into marrying me (laughs) always a healthy statement (laughs) (laughs) did it work it did not actually because I figured out actually I didn't really want him right that was the start of a revelation also as a layman I would suggest that when you have to manipulate someone it's probably (laughs) not the right direction to be taking indeed indeed yes good advice and uh what happened after that how did you find yourself in this as a professional well i i took a workshop called the mastery of self-expression which i now am a facilitator for so i took the mastery and then i took all the mentorship training and uh, became a a mastery leader and i also continued continued my own journey Mm. so i've literally been to the mountain and sat at the foot of the guru i mean it was burnaby mountain in vancouver but it was still a guru and uh, i learned a lot and uh, so my journey plus my training has brought me here. There's gurus in Vancouver. In, of course there's gurus in Vancouver. It's Vancouver. Does a guru have to live on a mountain? I don't think so, but it's hard not to live on a mountain in Vancouver. <laughs> <Fair point. laughs> so this, this guru in Vancouver, tell me more about that. How, who is this guy? Oh, uh, he's lovely, and I highly recommend him, actually. He's a, an Ayurvedic astrologer, and uh, his name is Jeffrey Armstrong. Hmm. Doesn't sound like a guru. He's definitely a guru. Yes, he's fantastic. Google him. He's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So I learned a lot about uh, yogic breathing. I learned how to get myself grounded and centered, which has really been, uh, which is what I needed to learn uh, because I was so out of sorts. Mm. You know, like I think you've probably had this experience where you've, you're either thinking about the past or projecting into the future. And I was there all the time rather than being in the moment. So it took me a little while, a little bit of practice to get to be in the moment. I want to find out more about this and find out if I too can come your way and live in the moment with you in a floating paradisal harmony of (laughs) utopia. Or can you just sort out my love life? Either or we'll find out in a minute. Thank you for your wonderful traffic update. Now, if you have been uh, steered in the right direction 
literally on the road, perhaps we should look at a bigger quandary, which is where we're headed in our lives. And who could... What a beautiful link this was. Hey, eh? That's why they pay me the big bucks, Captain Segway. Um, I'm with Tammy. She's a relationship and communications expert, and we've been talking uh, very briefly about how you fell into this game. Let me just turn your mic on. All right, our producer's done it. He's he's a bald man, but he has the reactions of a fox. Thanks, dude. And um, I shouldn't really say that he's a bald man because to say, that would say that bald baldness could stand in the way of him being quick. But actually, if anything, it would just speed things up, wouldn't it? Less hassle. The aerodynamism, damn it, that that word of your head is unbelievable. Oh, I thought you were saying bald. Oh, he's both bald with. A lack of hair and bold, as in uh, with the characteristics of someone that knows where they're going in life. Both vowels, yes. Yeah. Great. (laughs) I I do wonder sometimes about my accent. If people in the studio are mishearing, it's probably happening at home too. Oh, well, that's why you're here. You can steer everyone in the right direction. So you found a man. You found a mountain. You were lost soul. And perhaps through yoga, by the sound of it, you came out the other side. Tell me more about that. Yeah, yoga... um... Breathing, I I'm a I don't really know a lot of Sanskrit anymore. But at one time, I was learning Sanskrit, and that was that's that was sort of my personal journey. My What's per- Sanskrit? Sanskrit is uh, an ancient language that people chant in, oh. and chanting is wonderful. So a lot of people do um, Buddhism or follow Buddhism, which is all about becoming silent inside, mm. and Ayurvedics is all about filling yourself with vibration. So I tried the Buddhist trick. And I went and studied with the bad boy of the West Coast Dharma scene. I can't remember his name now. But I didn't really like how I felt. And so when I went to the Ayurvedics, I felt great and amazing. And that's what I, what I felt pulled to in the end. I'm a very sceptical man. and I have a very scientific way of thinking. And as someone that appreciates the concept of energy, but I find that word is thrown around by such people as Deepak Chopra, as a sort of word salad with no real structure. I'm always a bit worried about people that refer to inner energy and groovy spirituality um, in that it might be just a little bit culty. Are my worries reasonable? Well, certainly a lot of cults have used that. Mm. Um, However, I wonder if I can say it more scientifically for you. You know the feeling you feel after you've had an amazing workout? Mm. That's energy <laughs> okay the is answer is yes honestly i do know how that feels <laughs> despite my occasional beer belly um all right but what is it that you've done to achieve getting there so if, if you're talking uh, you're saying it's very much the opposite of buddhism so you uh, you don't sit in silence and reflect for a great deal of time you chant with others in a sort of community yeah when i studied the ayurvedics that's what i was doing was i was uh, uh a, a, like a lesson would be taught hmm. and the lesson would be would come from the Bhagavad Gita and then the and then there would be a chant or a mantra and the mantra sort of takes the whole story and distills it into a sentence or two hmm. so that you get the the essence of the story or the learning of the story and what is the story well there's some wonderful stories that uh that my guru told that were just amazing about relationship about you know, Parvate and Ganesh and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was quite great. So, but yeah. how how could he do that? So I'm I'm, not, I'm trying desperately to follow. How he's a storyteller that's passing these stories on through.
through generations, perhaps? Well, the Bhagavad Gita is actually like the Bible to Hindi people. Right. Yes. And then, so so how much of this is crossed over with religion then? Well, for, there's there's people who follow it as a religion, and then there's also people like me who are just looking for uh, a different way to experience their spirituality or to find some groundedness or connectedness. Mm. So that's where I found it. Some people go to church. Some people go to the synagogue. Some people go to yoga. And I found uh, Ayurvedics. I see. Yeah. Are you are you a religious person? Not at all. No. 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 So you've sort of... harnessed what originated in a religion, the the spiritual side of it, and the, that's something that makes you personally feel good and warm yeah. and fluffy inside, and you yeah. radiate that. May I say? I, oh, just in your you. very presence, I'm starting to just. Just care a little bit less about the world and just relax a bit. <laughs> I was thinking of all that crises business, but you know what? I feel a bit all right around you. You, see, you big, warm, fluffy loveliness radiating out of you. Like You're a... just the sweetest. Oh, <laughs> what a sweetheart. You're listening to Online Flirting with Vinnie White <laughs> on News Talk 1010. Um, so, okay, you found a new world. You have become, should I use this term, at one with yourself? For the most part, yeah. Did you have a difficult childhood and an upbringing? Absolutely, yeah. I, um, uh, my parents were divorced, and uh, my mother really um, was was searching herself. I was I'm sort of from a hippie background, but not like the hippies that are singing and dancing. More like we will not be oppressed by the men hippies. Mm, and yeah. so, <laughs> so I, although my mother is totally not like that anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? She's like, anyway, she's you know. She's got her house and her stuff. But at the time, uh, she had all these ideals. And, of course, um, it's interesting to when people raise children with ideals that they weren't raised with mm. uh, because they're in many ways untested. Mm. You know what I mean? So an example would be like uh, my mother really wasn't into competition. She didn't like the idea of competition. So we were raised without competition. I got to tell you, I feel so stressed out when I compete Either I'm like, oh, are you losing at Monopoly here? Let me give you my money, right? Right. Or I, I get like wound up. Like bingo is like a full contact sport for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta like. Uh. But surely there's healthiness in competition as well. I yes. mean, it spurs on such wonderful delights as the Olympics. You can't Absolutely. just have, hey, Steve, how you doing? Nice to see you. Yeah, I haven't really been practicing. You go ahead. No, really, go ahead. Straight off the blocks. Don't worry about it. Ah, you win this time. Have a gold medal. There is there is <laughs> sort of a, there's a beautiful challenge within competition as well. So Absolutely. you haven't distilled that away from your life completely. No, but I had to find a way to reconcile competition into my life. Because I wasn't raised with it. I wasn't raised around it. Got it. Yeah. I am speaking to Tammy Cunningham. She is a relationship and communications expert. Before I tackled um, what she can do to help us in our lives, I wanted to make sure that she sorted herself out. And she seems pretty well squared away to me. So we'll <laughs> ask you some advice fairly soon on what other people, listeners, can do if they're in a, let's say, a little bit of a tiz at the moment and they need a bit of direction. First up, you are listening to News Talk 1010. It's Vinnie White in for Pay Chen. And we'll take a quick break. You're tuned in to the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Vinny White in for Pei Chen. How's life? Is it all right? If it isn't, then why not phone 416-872-1010? 
and speak to Tammy Cunningham. She's a relationship and communications expert who may or may not be able to steer you in roughly the right direction. Got any problems? Come my way. Bit of free counselling. Not from me, obviously. I would be a fool and tell you to do immediately the wrong thing, but luckily she is not that. Uh, she's devoted her life and it's now your full-time job being a relationship and communications expert. How does that work? Does that mean you work in an office like normal hours? No, not at all. No. How does, no. It, how does it work? Well, uh, I run workshops. So I teach uh, mastery. I'm one of the mastery of self-expression facilitators now. So I teach that workshop. I teach a workshop called Fast Talk, which is um, a leadership and high-level communication skills. Mm. And I teach a whole bunch of workshops, evening workshops. How to win every argument is one of my most popular uh, talks that I do. People love that one for obvious reasons, I think. And yeah, um, yeah I do. A, I also teach a workshop called the Mantra of Movement, which is all about how we use our body to express ourselves and how we can use our body to change what we're saying to ourselves all the time. Let's just tackle that for a minute. How can we use our body to express ourselves and 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 uh live a better life okay well um it all comes from your spine and your shoulders a lot of people are holding their shoulders like in a curved forward feeling mm. and they and they breathe very shallowly as a result so what i ask everybody to do is to make your spine nice and straight and then to let your shoulders just drop mm. and breathe and if you start from there then you can start to feel differently because what our body is telling us when we hold it, hold it in a tension and constricted way mm. uh, is that we're in a fear place or it's retelling a story inside of us that uh, we're not safe. Negative reinforcement. Negative reinforcement, yes. Yeah. I mean, I love what you've said, but you do know it's minus two million. <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult to strut down the pavement with a nice long spine at the moment because you, you risk... Uh, I'm... I'm <laughs> Fairly confident one of my nipples fell off this week. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I know. I popped it back on, thankfully, and now I use it to cut glass. It's ridiculous <laughs> out there, and I'm starting to question moving to this country in the first instance. But uh, alas, spring is slowly and painfully nudging its way in. So let's assume that we can uh, learn from you there and, and, and walk with confidence and uh, uh, keep a nice posture and spine. Mm -hmm. That's some of the physical attributes of how to make your life better. Can you explain to me, and these are some, I knew this would happen, some of the questions that are coming in already is, uh, and I'm glad they're coming in on uh, 71010 because I was actually going to ask you this anyway. Can you explain to me some of the common things that people just get wrong on a daily basis? Little things that we can all do to make our lives better, away from the posture for a moment, more sort of um, on an intellectual structured level. Can you help us with that? Absolutely. So uh, something that most people are doing is that they're coming from a place of seeking love. So they're trying to impress, they're trying to run an agenda, they're trying to control outcome. And what's uh, a better state to be in is to be in a state of being love, which is to accept what's happening, to welcome feelings, to not try to, to control outcome or hold on to expectations, because all of that stuff hurts us mm. at a certain level. So most people in the world are walking around seeking love, and so much better to be in a place of being love. That's quite tricky for some people, particularly if you've had no love as a kid or as growing up or if you used to get battered around by a parent or perhaps you work for an arsehole of a boss that represses you and pushes you down every day. It's quite difficult to think, 
I don't need love today. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to float through the universe and vibrate with a groovy passion for the world around me. I mean, it's a, it's conceptually beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's probably easier said than done, isn't it? Absolutely. And so there, some of the tricks that you can use is to actually lean back in your body to, uh, like I was saying about uh, letting your shoulders go. Mm. Um, but But it does take work. It mm. does take noticing and it does take... Um, doing things in a different way than you would normally do. Mm. You know, if something is continually not working for you in a cycle, that's a clue to do something completely different. And that's where coaches and facilitators come in. There's lots of good books out there to read as well. If yeah, you, so you don't know. try and bash on this on your own. Don't just listen to this and think, no, oh, I don't need to seek love as I have been because you probably fail. You need some guidance perhaps and some yeah, help. Yeah, get some guidance. There's so much good guidance out there. Yeah. I'm quite fascinated by this conversation. I'm speaking to Tammy Cunningham. She's a relationship and communications expert that runs uh, numerous, apparently, uh, workshops to improve your life in both uh, physical attributes and, of course, mental ones. We will tackle more of these questions once we've tackled traffic. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. DJ Elliot Minardi there, the producer. Yeah, banging out the beats. Um, Hello, my name is Vinnie. I'm not Pei Chen. Pei Chen is in Namibia, in deepest, darkest Africa, on the run from some hippos as we speak. Uh, She got some freebie to go out there. And I badmouthed her earlier because I'm jealous. There you go. That's a fact. Uh, but I'll be in for her this week and next. Um, at least I'm truthful with them, my feelings. And who better to shout into Pandora's box with than Ta- uh, Tammy Cunningham, who is a relationship and communications expert. And we were rudely interrupted there by the traffic news. But uh, I was asking what people can do, simple things that people can do to achieve a higher mental state and just a better life. Um, one of the things you said, physically speaking, is that you should always keep a good posture, a straight back, and try not to negative uh, reinforcement on on a body shape. And, of course, you started speaking there about how um, you should, uh, well, mentally uh, reward yourself as well, I think you were saying, and uh, try not to desperately seek love in the world. Add to that as well. What else can us normal minions do for a better life? Uh, I highly recommend celebration. You know, um with the manifesting culture, you know, this all of the secret and that sort of thing. People have been talking about gratitude for, for a couple of decades now, or, and especially in the past decade, a lot of people have been talking about gratitude. Mm. So I want to take gratitude a step further and celebrate everything. Celebrate everything to the point where we're even pre-celebrating. I love a good pre-celebration. Define what you mean. So I'm going to go do something that's scary, so I celebrate ahead of time. I celebrate my success of the scary thing ahead of time. So I'm going to go and do a bungee jump, which I don't want to do, but I'm going to have a couple of beers because I know I'm going to do it. Maybe. (laughs) Have I oversimplified this somewhat? (laughs) I think I have. I think you were talking about life goals as opposed to adrenaline sports, were you? Sure, or even adrenaline sports. But uh, I'm not sure it's a good idea to drink a couple of beers just before you bungee jump. I'm just thinking maybe that exact example (laughs) might be a little I don't know. I've bungee jumped, and believe me, it was a lot easier drunk than it was sober. (laughs) What was worrying is I did it in Mexico, and I found out afterwards that the guy that chained me up was also drunk. 
dear. It's yeah, at that okay. point you think, yes, I'm not going to do that again. But there you go, off to a tangent, <laughs> I believe. Um, define what, what you mean by celebrations of achievements, particularly if you haven't done them yet. Hmm. Well, something that I actually assign to all my one-on-one clients is bliss dancing. So uh, I have a lot of female clients, but I still assign this to my male clients as well, which is dance every day to at least one song, three or better. And Mm. like when I say dance, I mean like, okay, shuffle's fine for for the weddings you go to. Yeah. But I mean like really shake it, abandonment and glee level shaking your booty and, and dancing. In the car? You could do it in the car. People do it in the shower. Like, find find the place. Find the place. This is now, like, this is my active meditation now. Yeah. Is is bliss dancing. Dancing every day do you, just do you, raises are you, yourself up so do much. Do you practice what you preach? I do, yes. And, and, you know, I noticed when I get too busy and I let things drop off that I actually feel uh, lower. Did you have a dance today? I did. In the shower? Nope. I had it in the living room. And actually, I was with friends this morning for breakfast, so I danced with their kids. Have you got a man in your life? Not currently, but I'm hmm. quite open to that. Well, if you carry on dancing Indeed. like that, jiggling those lovely bits about, I'm sure they'll be <laughs> queuing up those filthy animals, a lot of them. <laughs> I love men, so don't say that. So I, I, should, I should probably, if I was to be terribly sceptical, um, or foolishly so, I would say, as a relationship and communications expert, shouldn't you be in a relationship? Well, I mean, people people solve murders, but they've never murdered anybody. Yeah, yeah. but they don't advise potential murderers how to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be going down the wrong road. I know. <laughs> so, well, the the thing the the practice is in the I don't know what I'm trying to say, but basically, my clients are in great shape. Mm. I have two clients getting married this summer, who went from uh, one went from her boyfriend was couldn't get away from her fast enough yeah. and wouldn't call himself her boyfriend and propose to her within six months of working with me. Mm. And yeah. uh, another client who was just hopelessly alone and uh, and did what a lot of people do is she totally gave up on love for years. Mm. And so she went, wanted to go back into the dating world and didn't even know how to do it, like didn't even know how to put herself out there. So I helped. So my clients are in great shape. Your clients are in great shape. And actually, I'm going to help you because one thing that always frustrates me with modern life, particularly for those of us that are single, is that very often, um, particularly poor women, particularly at weddings, are always sort of banished to this stupid little kiddie table. And then, of course, the primary question, anything above 22 is, when are you going to settle down and you get married? What happened to, I don't know, Paul? What What is it that you're doing with your life? As if we're always supposed to be in a relationship. And I genuinely don't believe that that's the case. I know a lot of people that are in really crap relationships. And you can't tell me that they're happier than a lot of the single guys that I know that, trust me, are really happy. <laughs> trust me on this one. Yes, admittedly, they go out on King West. They fly on Tinder and they don't mind a quick bit of nookie every now and then with a random stranger but they are genuinely quite happy mm-hmm. so I think sort of to come back almost to contradict what I said there is I don't believe that you have to be in a relationship and you certainly shouldn't be in a crap one mm-hmm. so and if that's the choice then why not be single and if you're dancing in the shower every day then good for you my dear <laughs> <laughs> I think we could all learn from that um, <laughs> throw me some questions on 71010 we haven't got that long so let's dive in with them so far um, hi Tammy I split up from my ex in 
in 2013. He had an affair. Lots of lies over our eight-year relationship. Now we're in a wonderful new relationship for only five months, but I'm scared I will... Um, I will, uh, I'm feeling the same insecurities from my past. Have you got any advice from this, says Lindsay? Absolutely. First of all, Lindsay, I want to tell you that when someone has cheated on you, as you've experienced, it doesn't mean anything about you. And that's the problem often is that people take it on to mean something about you. So now you're in a brand new relationship, but you're still the same person and you're scared. And I totally understand mm. that. So honor that fear and know that that trigger is telling you something that's telling you what's still wounded, what still needs to be healed. And what sounds like needs to be healed is your trust. And so I want you to really, like if I were to give you an assignment right now, Lindsay, my assignment would be for you to just find yourself um, trusting this man. Just trust him. There's no reason to not to trust mm. him. So just trust him. You can trust him. So trust him. Okay, I like that. It's simple. I'm worried that if she was if she was here, she'd probably say um, I do most of the time, but I'm still harboring these huge insecurities from my broken relationship, and sometimes they pop up as probably jealousy. Absolutely, and jealousy is such a common thing. It's it's so painful, mm. and so um, and that trigger is telling you something that you need to work with. So Lindsay, do the bliss dancing that I've been talking about. Breathe. Um, when we get into jealousy, we're in our head about things. We're in the past or we're creating a, uh, we're catastrophizing mm. the future. Mm, mm. And so instead of doing that, uh, spend some time really looking around at what's around you so that you tell the truth rather than put your story, lay your story over top of what's actually happening. Okay, that's really good. Um, I'll carry on with some more questions. Uh, they don't leave their name, um, but they say, uh, one of the problems that I'm suffering at the moment is just getting through life. I find it very difficult to be motivated. Don't particularly like my job. Not a big fan of winter. I think a few of us can relate to that one at the moment. And uh, feeling very low. Uh, aside from dancing, which isn't always the most automatic response to feeling like this, um, what could you recommend for this guy? It, se it seems like just a sort of miserable soup at the moment. <laughs> Not a particularly... I don't think there's any particularly one problem to tackle. So yeah. perhaps he's just feeling pretty blue. What could you do about that? Well, I have to say in the wintertime, it's easy to get blue. And I lived in Vancouver for 12 years, so I certainly understand light, light deficiency. So one thing right off the top, I would say, is to uh, add some vitamin D to your diet and uh, get some full spectrum lights, at least in your bathroom, mm. so that your body is producing more vitamin D. That's going to help you feel better in your body. And then the other thing is, is it's you, you have to make the choice. You have to make the decision to do the thing that works best for you mm -hmm. rather than the thing that works for you in the moment. You know, like uh, lying down when you, f you feel depressed or sad or whatever uh, is a choice that you're making. And I'm not talking about clinical depression here either. Mm. I'm talking about like, you know, general uh, the blahs. The blahs, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which many of us are feeling right now in the, this weather. So um, so make make some choices for yourself that are different because if you continue to just, lie, you know, stay in, lie down, like those are uh, choices that are going to keep you tired. 
You're listening to Tam, Tammy Cunningham. She's a relationship and communications expert that is taking your questions on 71010 on the text. And if you want, you can phone in 416-872-1010 with the last few minutes as we ask a few more questions. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, oh, here's someone that's probably a bit dubious of some of the things you've been saying. Um, I, I'll just read it out. I hope you're not offended. He said, is anyone buying this? A couple of months good honest work would have grounded most people. What's wrong with her? Now, that's, I sort of did it in a British accent because it's probably the most British thing I've ever heard. Pull your socks up. You should be working harder. That'll fix everything. Is there any truth in that? Well, bless this poor soul, you know. Well. Uh, so um, if that's their perspective, that's interesting. Yeah. But in my experience of working with people is that people actually need something more. So, than work. Than just work. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I would certainly. Yeah, you need to have a full work life balance. You need to uh, have play in your life and have uh, community in your life mm. and, and feel like you're making contribution. Okay. Um, let's have a bit more as well. <laughs> Someone just said this is better than listening to your hysterical inaccuracies of African history. Oh, I was quite good. I was pretty on it. I said it was a patchwork quilt of invading countries. I didn't point out exactly who did what. Namibia <laughs> is German. Yeah, Namibia is German. In fact, do you know, it's, it's really weird. Well, it still is. There's some German-speaking parts of it. That's true. You can get a schnitzel there. It's weird. Anyway, just defending my thoroughly perfect knowledge of African history, as we could all see, I think it was perfect and definitely not vague. Um... I have problems with my parents. This is not me, by the way, I should point out, although I'm sure I could probably fit in this bracket somewhere. Um, I'm having very big difficulty with my uh, my mother's new man, okay? He has a Peter Pan complex, and it worries me that he is constantly trying to impress me and my mother rather than being an actual decent parent. We will come back to this. I'm going to give you a little chew over time because we've got to jump to traffic. What can you do about parents and new step-parents? We'll find out in a minute on News Talk 1010. This is Time Saver, Not Too Bad Traffic. Vinny, we are problem-free on all the area highways. No delays on the 401 across the top of the city. The 404 DVP also moving at the limit from stem to stern. No delays anymore on the eastbound Gardner. It did bunch up a little bit through Jamison. It is now moving at the limit in both directions as well. No problems on the go on your in-town roads. Time Saver traffic every 50 minutes. I'm Charles Renshaw. Listen live anytime online at Newstalk1010.com. So common one for all of us. Sometimes our parents split up. Vinny, Some- we are... Hello to you. Sometimes our parents split up and sometimes our parents die, divorce, whatever it might be. Um, and we're always quite happy for them to be happy. That's a sort of human instinct, isn't it? But sadly, sometimes they certainly go the wrong way with their choice. And this apparently is the case here. She's saying that her new stepdad is uh, has a Peter Pan complex. What can we do about relationships like that? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing is, I wonder... Uh, what her really like what her side of the story is it's so curious right mm, mm. um i've certainly been there i don't know the name of the the person writing in but i've been there in terms of my mother had had been married several times mm-hmm. is this better yeah and um uh i absolutely was driven crazy by my mother's second husband mm-hmm. drove like the guy drove me nuts and um, in hindsight, what I realized was I had a lot of resentment built up. Mm. I felt like he w- had usurped us. And um, and so I wonder if some of that's going on. I don't want to project my own experience. But uh, certainly we have to look at both sides of the thing. Mm. 
the best thing we can do in our lives with other people is to accept them for who they are and hold a space for them and then absolutely let them know when things don't work for you. Mm. So if, if it's just that he's annoying you, like find, find a way to accept him. As, uh, as you say that, is, we yeah. all have to deal with idiots every now and then, though, don't we? Absolutely, but do you have to take it on? Mm. You Well, one thing for sure, you ain't going to change him. Exactly. If you, try, if you make your life a commitment to change him, then it will be a failed life. Exactly. So, yeah, fair and enough. And that's part of controlling outcome, and that's what uh, mucks things up for people. Controlling outcome rarely works or hurts people when we try to do it. As my ex-girlfriend said, the only wise thing I think she ever said, apart from, yes, Vinny, I'll be your boyfriend. And then that turned out not to be quite as wise as we both thought it was. But uh, she once said, uh, uh, you can't bully the universe. I'm not sure. Why. I think she read it somewhere and ripped it off. But I will now continue uh, with that theme because I think that's right. You can't. And you can't change all the people around you. Mm-hmm. And if you try to do that, you will possibly even go clinically mad. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Tammy Cunningham, you've been wonderful. You are a relationships and communications expert. If people like your advice or perhaps want to learn more, where can they go? Uh, that you can find me at masteryofselfexpression.com. And uh, my website is uh, almost up. It's tammycunningham.com. So you can find me at those two places. There you go. Masteryofselfexpression.com and tammycunningham.com, the relationship and communications expert that steered a few people, hopefully and roughly, the right direction. And that will do me. Thanks a lot. When we come back, uh, have I got to do a quick break, Elliot? Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to talk uh, next week, uh, next Sunday, in fact, is uh, International Women's Day. And what can we do as consumers and travellers and tourists to promote and advocate that wonderful thing that is a woman and uh, try and squeeze that gender gap in the correct direction? We'll find out soon on News Talk 1010. <laughs> You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. From one guest to another, this is Vinnie White in for Pei Chen as Pei Chen is on safari in Africa. Nice! I am blatantly and openly jealous. And I hope she's having a wonderful time. Pei, if you're listening to this in Africa, why? Um, so let's let's move uh, rather swiftly on to our next guest. Uh, as a global ambassador and expert of sustainable tourism, Kelly Galaski, uh, program manager at Plantera, Canadian tour operator G Adventures, non-profit foundation, understands and has seen firsthand how uh, gender equality, the gap, the evil gap that is still very much with us, um, can slowly uh, be changed and degraded and slimmed down. And that's what a, a mission, hopefully, the whole world is on. Um, Kelly uh, notes that next week, a week today, in fact, is International Women's Day. So this week and probably next week, we'll be doing all kinds of female issues, and this is one of them. What can we do as individuals to change the world in a better way for women? So, hello, Kelly. Hello, thank you. Ah, nice not, to be here. No, not a chore at all. It's nice to have you here. Uh, a global ambassador and expert of sustainable tourism. Tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, well, I work, uh, as you mentioned, for international adventure travel company G Adventures and for their foundation called Planetera. Mm-hmm. And so I've been personally working in tourism and specifically working with rural communities around the world especially in developing countries, to help connect and provide opportunities to link them with the broader travel industry. And um, so that's 
sort of my my own uh, where I fit in, uh, but our company does that uh, as well around the world. There's been numerous studies over the years that suggest that the, to get a, a um, country moving in the right direction, people should apply more pressure to close the gender gap in that country. Some of the most mm-hmm. successful governments um, and some of the most successful countries in the world, financially and just morally and acceptably, are those countries that really make an effort to include women uh, in various walks of life. Uh, well, I should say various walks of life to, to have essentially the, sl- the slimmest um, gender gap as possible. What can we do as individuals to help this? Well, so we're thinking um, specifically about about travel in this case. Yeah, uh, we we find that a, a lot of, uh, or actually the majority of the workforce in tourism is women, which is, of, of, like as I mentioned, not the case in, in most industries. Hmm. Um, but especially in, in our world, in the Planetara Foundation's world, where we're working in a, a, in the developing world and a lot of underserved communities, we see women entering the tourism industry as as sort of a first step into the formal economy and uh, especially in the case where they've been excluded from traditional education or even perhaps illiterate um, whether it's hosting people in their homes um, working in restaurants uh, and uh, taking part in community-based kind of tourism experiences it's really allowing them to start participating in the formal economy and then it leads to contributing to their families' incomes and increased respect both within their own families and within their own communities or villages or towns. Mm. So it, it's very empowering and, um, and then they're able to provide better education to their children. So it's sort of uh, trying to stop that cycle of poverty. And so should we be, is it our duty, perhaps morally then, to research the countries that we visit? And I'm not sure it would be healthy to suggest this, but boycott those that don't encourage women in the workplace. Is that what you mean? Well, that's that's one thing you can certainly do is uh, definitely do research. And if you're looking to try and and help or or be supportive of opportunities for women, you can seek out. Uh, social enterprises, uh, what, co- cooperatives, uh, the types of companies that really do try and support underprivileged or underserved communities mm. or women that have maybe been excluded or even perhaps come from abused backgrounds and who are trying to uh, find a new way to have dignified labor opportunities. So you find often handicraft cooperatives or uh, family or women-owned cooperatives that are producing products or souvenirs, even on your travels or restaurants. They're looking for uh, community kind of experiences. They're often run by women. So you're helping just to support their economic ventures, and that way you're helping to support their their own development, whether personal development or helping to support their children's education. There's often that's where their money goes to. Uh, so just trying to think about what, where you could possibly have an impact, and the more when you start looking, you you'll find lots of that. So true. When that. you start looking, you'll you'll find mm-hmm. it, and you don't have to look that hard a lot of the time. A lot of communities, you only have to sort of tap on the surface and find. Uh, these things. I was in Nicaragua last year, I think, and uh, I met an organisation that empowers women by uh, getting them to just do handicrafts and stuff like that. And these mm-hmm. women, b- 
before this had never worked in their lives. The concept of, exactly. of work wasn't something that they were familiar with. And they had become so empowered as a community because they had a purpose every day. And they weren't making a great deal of money. I don't think even any of the products they made were actually exported out of Nicaragua. But they were sold in local markets. It, it helped them sustain a few mm-hmm. things for the small community, including uh, you know some healthy sanitary water conditions. And it just, as I said, give, gave them a purpose, which is a wonderful thing, isn't it? And isn't that something that we all, all should be entitled to? Exactly. And often, you know, these, we're not talking, like you said, it's, it's supplementary income. It's not necessarily the highest level of jobs or uh, it, it can even be something that's part-time. But this is this is actually a key because often uh, women in the type of communities that we serve have many children, maybe four, five, six children. Mm. So they, they can't go far and leave to, to work all day. Mm. So if they can do work that's based in their community, based in their home, whether it's handicraft, whether um, we have... Uh, many homestay programs, so whether it's incorporated into a geoadventures tour or just um, Planetara helps the community to set up a type of program where people are hosting guests in their home or in their communities, then they're able to do work really close to home and they can still take part in their, you know, their family, more traditional activities, but they have an opportunity to earn some supplementary income and contribute to for the family's income and education and healthcare and those kinds of things. Kelly Galaski, I wish we had more time. In fact, so much so. I think what I'm going to do, because I'd like to talk to you more about this, and it is International Women's Day next Sunday, and I appear mm-hmm. to be doing this show again then. Would you mind coming back for another 10 minutes next week and just wrapping up of this? Course. Yeah, it'd be lovely Thank to get you. you on again. You're really, really okay. good, warm person. I really like a lot of your initiatives. <laughs> Great, it would be my pleasure. Thank you very much. All right, so that's Kelly Galaski. She's a global ambassador and expert of sustainable tourism and obviously a massive promoter of squeezing that gender gap down. Uh, program manager at Plantera. Uh, a non-profit foundation. She joined us there. So that's wrap that show up with a nice little bow, I would say. Uh, fairly quick, though, it went. Um, it's been an absolute wonder. Um, what can I say? Thanks to our guests. Well, that's probably a good start. And coming up after this show is some bloke called Vinnie White, who is a professional and wonderful... Um, so much bull, I can't even say it. He's an all right broadcaster. He'll knock out some sort of weird-shaped radio show for your entertainment. Try not to nod off. He'll be back in a minute. Oh, it's me. This is the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. Yes, it is. Hello, good evening. Uh, my name is Vinnie White, and this is a radio show on CFRB News Talk 1010, the best radio station in the world. You can say anything if you do it in a question format, you see, because you're not saying it. You're heavily implying it, but asking a question. I'm Vinnie White, the best radio station announcer there is. Just text, yes. First one in. No. Okay. That's a pretty big leap. Um, what's this then? Well, oh, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I've never worked this hard in my life. I don't know if you know that I've just done one radio show. If you're listening on the podcast, you have no idea. But I've just been talking for an hour. Intelligent, topical questions with thoroughly interesting guests. So that leaves me a pretty good wide chasm for failure here, I say. Next hour, 
going to be bloody awful. Uh, 416-872-1010 if you'd like to make it better. Or, of course, you could text the show on 71010 and get involved. You can also do star talks. You press star and then 8255 on your cell phone. And I think it's free, isn't it, Elliot? If you do that? I, I will, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're listening to the winning team right there. Definite fact. It's... They may be charged for texting. Texting costs nothing, though, doesn't it? Because most people have got a package. Yeah, I yeah. Most people have got... Like, I've got unlimited text because I am Barry Big Bananas. The big bucks right here. I can text anywhere as long as it's in Canada. And when I say it's free, it only costs me $95 a month. Do you know why? Because it's Canada! Oh, no, hang on. Who owns this radio station? Sorry. Which is perfectly reasonable and uh, definitely not in any way out of line with uh, neighbouring countries like the United States, where I'm sure it's probably just as expensive to make a phone call or drop a text. (whistles) Close. Sometimes I can feel myself hanging by my own balls. Uh, If you'd like to get involved in the show, you're welcome to do so. That's that. Oh, lovely little text that says yes. Well done, Mum. Um... Vinny's views of this week's news. That's basically what we're going to do for the next sort of hour-ish, minus a couple of breaks. Um, And as always, I don't know what it is this year. It's a particularly miserable year, isn't it? I don't I mean, I don't know. This is the first year of my life that I've actually genuinely contemplated giving up taking in news. And then I thought it would be somewhat contradictory to work on a news station and not watch the news. But you can sympathise, can't you? Why has everyone gone absolutely back crazy? When did that? It just, I thought, 2015, the world's generally getting better. And it is, don't forget that it is, it really is. We used to burn witches who weren't witches. We used to take over other people's countries, well, still sort of happening, but not to the scale it used to, and burn the locals. We used to do terrible things on this planet. And we used to be eh, less open to homosexuality and the beautiful differences between it, between us as a species. For some reason, even though things are generally going the right way and poverty is slowly being squeezed down, things are actually getting better, life expectancy is longer than ever, it just feels a bit bloody miserable. Because every time you put on the news, someone else has been shot. Can people just stop getting shot? I think that's a line from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. I'm pretty sure. Can everyone just stop getting shot? Particularly in Russia. Right? Tens of thousands of people today have marched through central Moscow to one of our opposition politician Boris Nemtsov, uh, who was shot dead on Friday. They carried portraits of him today and banners saying, I am not afraid, which I have to say, in Russia, if you're anywhere near outside the Kremlin and you're showing any um, solidarity to anyone that isn't Putin, you probably should be afraid. Safety in numbers nonetheless. Good for you, I say. Um, now, he's been... Uh, he was due, actually, to lead an opposition march today, but his killing turned the inv- event into more of a morning rally than anything else. Uh, Mr Nemstov's allies have accused the Kremlin of involvement, but Vladimir Putin uh, condemned the murder as vile and vowed to find the killers. Has he found the killers? No. Why is that? Because he may or may not have organised it. I'm not saying he did, because there's probably a sniper outside, but I am saying he probably did. But I'm not saying he did. I'm just saying, when you look back at Russian history, you don't have to look that far 
to find... In fact, you do have to look very fast to find someone that wasn't a bit of an arse. Lenin, definitely a bit of an arse. Stalin, huge bit of an arse. Putin, bit of an arse. I think, you know what I mean? If you are Russian listening to this, can I just say, well done, welcome to Canada, and I understand why you moved. Uh, but I thought it'd be interesting uh, to look at Putin and actually find out a bit more about him. Is he the evil Bond villain that he's always portrayed of being? Let's find out some facts about Putin and actually judge on that in our new feature, Nine Facts About Vladimir. Number one, Vladimir Putin was brought up without high-running emotions. In a documentary by the German German public broadcaster, um, the Russian leader told journalist Huber Sieplit this. I cannot claim that we were in a very emotional family, that we talked to each other much. Everyone somehow dwelled in themselves. Uh, We did it. On the other hand, we did get on quite well. I'm not sure where he's from. Sort of somewhere between Russia and Jamaica at the moment. My parents stayed together all those years until the end of their lives. Yet still, I didn't know of anything emotional or heroic. The deeds, the difficulties or the tragedies. They didn't want to talk about that, said Putin about family life. Uh, presumably stroking a fluffy cat outside a nuclear bunker. Uh, Putin's father was a tough guy too, in our continuing nine facts about Putin. Number two, Putin's father was indeed a tough guy. Putin's childhood friend, Sergei Vrodsovskin, said Putin's father loved his son, but always found fault in him. He was afraid that he would seem too indulgent if he loved him openly and often criticised his son. Daddy issues. Not that much of a shocker there, then. Uh, One of the other facts that I found rather interesting about Putin, he started judo to keep his place in the pack. Yeah, the rather slight teenager, Vladimir Putin, realised that other male teenagers started growing faster during puberty. That's why, Putin claimed, he started learning judo. And now, he's a black belt. He wanted to assert himself and assert his authority from a young age. Now, I was a late developer in puberty... Uh, but rather than start on a path to becoming a powerful multi-millionaire semi-dictator, I vowed for a few years of binge drinking and outdoor casual sex. Worked for me. That's where he went wrong. Uh, he once told his ex-wife, only shortly before their marriage, that he worked for the intelligence agency. Yes, Putin is a bit of a dark horse to say the least. If someone, if someone absolutely has to talk about working for the intelligence agency, he said, he has no place there before brandishing a pistol. Um, he said he said that actually while smiling. And uh, I don't know if you've seen Vladimir Putin smile, but it's, it sort of involves moving your face into a position that reminds people that you're a trained killer. Uh, Putin, you may not know, speaks German perfectly. Yes, he proved this, for example, during a speech in 2001 before the Bundestag. Uh, he had spent almost five years as a KGB agent in Dresden when the government of the uh, German Democratic Republic began to crumble in 1990, Putin went back to Moscow. The only way you can make him more like a Bond villain at this point is to have him have a tank of sharks under his living room. Um, Now, you may not know this about old Vlad. Do you know he likes to display himself as a hockey player? Hockey is, in fact, the national sport in Russia too, and despite practising for hours at a time on the ice rink, 
outside town, Putin doesn't play very well at all. He'll always have an opportunity with the Leafs. <laughs> it's funny because they're crap. Until tomorrow. We'll see. The final fact about Vladimir Putin over this beautiful medley of Russian music is this. Do you know, he likes the Beatles. Yes. Putin's favourite Beatle is Paul, and his favourite song is probably the most melancholic one of the Fab Four. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, I was accused of blowing a man away. I have to tell you that although I look at I'm not gay, oh, I believe in dictatorship. Sorry, democracy. I think that's how he says it. Yeah, he is a funny cat. I started watching RT, which is the, um, you can get it online. It's like, they call it anti-Fox, because it's like the opposite of what Fox says. You know, like, Fox is always like, American goddamn freedom! Goddamn freedom for free! Smell it! Can you smell the freedom? Just over the smell of high fructose syrup. Um, I started watching RT, which is, like, really pro-Russian, to be understood, of course, because it's funded by the Kremlin. And it's quite interesting because see, <laughs> somehow, like, over the last couple of days, they've sort of not covered that the leader of the opposition was bumped off, which is pretty pretty impressive to not cover that. And when they have covered it, it's like, oh, I don't know who it could be. Who could that be? It's like, pardon the pun, Russian roulette. Do you see what I did? I did that live. You're listening to News Talk 1010 uh, with a bit of Russian shenanigans in the background. I quite enjoyed that throughout this entire performance. I've been doing that dance. What's that dance called, Elliot, where you put your knees up? I, I will look into this, the name. I know it's got a name. But I'm not sure. Is it just called Russian dancing? If you're Russian, call in. You're probably quite offended by now, so you probably want to. 416-872-1010. What's that dance you do? And did Putin bump off that bloke? These are the questions today. On 71010 and 416-872-1010. Russians only, please. And if you're a train killer um, and you're thinking about bumping me off, um, please don't. <laughs> That'll work. All right, enough. I've almost gone glockenspiel Starting to do my head in. Uh, what have we got so far? Oh, put that caller on, Elliot. I just want to see if they're Russian. See if people can follow my basic instructions. Oh, is it that nutter? Oh, at least if you're a nutter, be a Russian nutter. He's been very active today. I've seen that phone ring. We had all six lines ringing at once. They can't all be him, can they? <laughs> Let's not name him or he'll think that it's... A, it will just encourage him, won't it? Is he? Bless him. Um... What have we got? Putin's father was behind the takeover of the SCTV television network. Uh, yeah, right, Putin looking for killer. Same thing OJ Simpson said regarding the killer of his ex-wife. Yeah, it is a bit OJ, isn't it? Yeah. Like it was, it, I heard a BBC interview with um, the spokesman for Vladimir Putin, because Putin's English is terrible. And he actually, he's really weird. When he speaks English, he looks really embarrassed, which is the only time he looks embarrassed because he knows he's not very good at it. And um, so the the spokesman, I think it was Jeremy Vine on the BBC, who's quite a sort of, you know, British, hello, 
nice to have you on board. And then, you know, in classic sort of journalism, he turned the tables and said, were you anything to do with shooting um, the leader of the opposition? Was it anything to do with the Kremlin? And the spokesman for Putin said, I refuse to answer that question. Right. I think you need to answer that question. <laughs> he went on to say, it's, it's so unfathomably stupid as a question that I refuse to answer it. No, I'd answer it. I'd probably say, no, I didn't shoot the leader of the opposition. Even if you did shoot him, say you didn't. It's one of the basics, really. So he went on to say, yeah, we had nothing to do with it. But it was like, I'm not saying he had something to do with it. But if you're going to, what you should always do is think about what you would say if it wasn't you, you know. So you should say, no, it wasn't. I'm disgusted by the question. And uh, of course, we wouldn't do such a barbaric thing in a democracy. You don't say, well, I'm not going to answer that. They've got to answer it. So that happened. That was pretty miserable. Uh, what else happened this week? Hong Kong um, competed in the world's most boring ultramarathon. Yeah, that was quite interesting. Hundreds of runners uh, have competed in Hong Kong's first inner city ultramarathon today, uh, despite organisers describing it as, quote, quite boring. Uh, the 50 kilometre, that's 31 miles, Hong Kong ultramarathon saw competitors cover the same stretch of road 25 times. Nesta Wong won the event in uh, 3 hours and 24 minutes. Not bad, is it, for 50 kilometres? Uh, and defended the course, saying it helped uh, to hear the cheering crowds, even if it was the same crowd 25 times, presumably. Uh, an ultra marathon is defined as uh, any race above the standard marathon distance. Ahead of the event, local runners criticised the course. It'll be very boring and difficult, if not dizzy, for the runners who will have to do 25 laps of the same boring stretch of road, said Thomas Kiprotish um, in the South China Morning Post. Uh, I don't mind monotonous courses, but this is extreme monotony for my taste, said Michelle Lowry, another runner today at the world's most boring ultramarathon. And Quan Ki, chairman of Hong Kong Amateur Athletic Association and one of the race organisers, considered the course was incredibly dull. <laughs> so there you go. Land in Hong Kong is also very limited, so I kind of understand what they did this. But I think Toronto could learn from this. I think we've had problems, haven't we? The Toronto Marathon is expected to draw upwards of 2,500 participants in a downhill course starting, uh, I think it's in early May. And it starts from Mel Larsman Square in North York and finishes in Ontario Place. That's a lot of closed roads. We don't want closed roads. No. We don't have to disrupt that much traffic here in Toronto. We could learn from the boring ultramarathon. Let's just get the runners to run around the Rogers Centre 150 times. That'll do. You only have to shut off a block. Be great. And if they moan it's boring, we can mix it up with the Caribbean Carnival, which also closes down Lakeshore later in the year. Have the two of them coinciding. Border running, look at the carnival girls, wobbling their bits and bottoms around for entertainment. And that would be motivation. Do I have to think of everything? You people. Um... When we come back, we talk about some of the other news uh, in uh, the world this week, including 400 men have cut off their own testicles um, so they could get closer to God. You'll notice that even saying that sentence was actually almost impossible for me, and I did it all by grasping my own. Uh, so I'm not one of them, just in case you're worried that I'd lost it completely. Uh, also, we talk about stolen wine and find out what else has been going on this uh, week. And uh, we'll hear a nice song about our friend Vladimir Putin as well, which has just been sent in. You're listening to News Talk 1010. This is the Vinnie White Show on In Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. 
Good evening. Uh, a lot of texts from Russian people. Uh, I settled... <laughs> I like this one in particular. I settled here from near Siberia, says Trev. Trev doesn't sound like a very Russian name to me. Trev. Trev. Mm. Now it's a bit more Russian. I settled from near Siberia, says Trev. Let's, can we call him Trevrosky? Is he racist? No, it's just a bit unintelligent humour. Um, yeah, he said he settled from near Siberia and says it's colder here. Listen, pal, I, I don't know what to say. All I can say is this. Um, it's been the coldest February on record. We're now into March. And in the words of the British band D-Ream, things can only get better. I don't know what's happened, but I personally have contemplated leaving this country for good for the first time because I am cool. I know that every time I say this or anything like this, I get a load of texts saying that you're a big wet girl's blouse and I've got no guts. Uh, listen, lads, I'm not trying to prove anything. It's too cold. It's not right. I don't want to live like this anymore. It's not right. I think it's worse when you go away. Do you remember I went to Nicaragua a few weeks ago? And I only went for like two weeks. I think it's actually the worst thing you can do. I think you're probably better off going to Sudbury. Because then at least you get a relief afterwards. You know, you come back and you think, bit warmer. And definitely more to do. Plus, Porque Bingo was getting a bit dull. And the nickel is a bit crap. Sorry, Sudbury, but I'll be honest. It's a long way to go for a very pathetic nickel. You could have done better. The bingo, very good. If you're from Sudbury, by the way, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I used to live in Ottawa for six years. This is Ottawa weather, this. And do you know what I did after six years in Ottawa? I moved here! Do you know why? Because it's supposed to be bloody warmer! Oh, I didn't even plan this rant. I just needed to get it off my chest. I'm so fed up with it. So, so fed up with it. Warm me up, buttercup. I need the love of a good woman. Are you a huge woman with a, hopefully, like a big warm bosom? Then meet me outside at 10. Is this prostitution? Borderline? Okay, just give me a cuddle. I just want to be warm for two minutes. Even my bed's not warm. I've got to buy another duvet. It's like living in medieval times. My heating can't keep up. It's ridiculous. I was in a hotel the other day. I walked in. She said, hello, Mr. White. Everything all right? Would you like a cup of tea? I said, yeah, throw it over me. Just anything. Just make this stop. Um... Vladimir Putin. Someone sent me this in. We've bleeped the um, the naughty bits because we're a fine, upstanding radio station. Um, but it's Trev from Russia said, um, I want you to hear this song. I don't know if he made it, but it's, uh, it's a good um, look at the life of the previously mentioned uh, Vladimir Putin to date. So for uh, Trevorsky, who texted in, and all the other Russians... Uh, I want to say welcome along. On, I, I don't know if I can speak on behalf of Canadians. It's a bit rude for me to do that, really. Barely Canadian myself. But nonetheless, we're a very welcoming and open culture. So welcome here. Uh, sorry it's a cold. And uh, on the plus side, you know we're near Putin. One man has the strength of 100 bears. He swims his appeals near beer. When you cut him out, fly a swarm of bees. President Vladimir. He hates gay like he's secretly gay. He don't give sh of Ukraine. He throw you in jail if girls sing in mass, and he definitely is not gay. Who 
Mountain take off shirt to show off to big chest. Play women like he lay oil pie. He take and then pull up his pants because Putin have no care for why. Ride a horse, balance pen, look for Egypt, bird, jump in ocean, and then make baby cry. Touch fire, go to doctor, doctor say, don't touch fire, but you put it, so now doctor go to jail. <laughs> Sit back, clock on human rights, take Crimea and no say thank. You had all Olympics and have finished your tail. Surprise. You've been glad of friends. Putin bench press man who is doing close, Edward Snowden no can give. Fall asleep during you and Speak to dog with his mind, go to sleep on his foe. President Vladimir. And that one's going out to Vladimir Putin tonight on News Talk 1010. Thank you very much, Trev, for sending that in if that is your real name. I think I now know why you disguised your name because you're Russian and that criticises Putin, which means you probably have 16 minutes to live. So well done there. Um, Vinny's advice. Uh, it's a column that's come and gone and um, I think we can all agree that I've definitely helped people out with it. Um, this week we hear from a woman who has hygiene issues. Or does she? Hmm. Vinny's advice. If you've got a question and no one else can solve it, then I wouldn't bother asking me. But if you've really got no mates, then you need to send your questions in to News Talk 1010. You can find my information under Vinny White on Newstalk1010.com. Let's have this week's Vinny's advice column. My foreign-born boyfriend showers two to three times a day, which is fine with me. And I usually shower once every day while occasionally skipping a day here and there. Our showering differences never became a problem until we moved together to his country. Now he expects me to shower as often as he does and acts disgusted if I don't shower twice a day. He told me when I moved with him that people in his culture shower several times a day. However, several of his friends were picking on him about his showering habits the other day, so now I know that's not true. I'm fine with showering once every day, but two times every day is excessive and dries my skin and hair. How can I convince him that I'll shower when I feel necessary, and if that's only once a day, it doesn't make me disgusting or smelly? Signed, Not Dirty. Very interesting. So I'd like to know more about this. I'd like to know what you mean by his culture and his country. Um, you've taken the very politically correct Canadian line on this, so as not to offend, presumably. But nonetheless, it seems rather mad. Let's assume that his culture in his country is a hot country. Let's assume that it's the Middle East. And I know it's a terrible accusation of assumption to make, but I assume that if he wants you to shower a lot, it's probably there, or perhaps African, regardless. Uh, I can only assume you have access to camels or some sort of wild horse, in which case I would smear the excrement of said um, being all around your body so as to make him realise how bad things could be, thereby resetting expectations and you only needing one shower a day. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I don't know. How many how many times do you shower a day, Elliot? You look like a, a rather a rather uh I am typically once a day. I I'd imagine yeah. a lot of people are like that. Yeah. Anyone else in there? Two? You who's who's putting two fingers up behind you? Is it uh, uh yeah, sorry, you can't uh yeah, they're oh, you're asking how much do you shower you Oh shower. it's two for me. Why two? Mm-hmm. Why two why two? 
just because I'm a big guy and I sweat a lot and it just feels disgusting when I wake up and after I'm done a day's work. That's Doug Ford in the studio today. Uh, thanks for coming in. He's uh, <laughs> one of the producers. He's not that big. I thought, yeah, I can understand too if it's summer. I can't be bothered. I quite happily go. go. I always, if there's seven days in a week, I'd say I shower six. I like a little bridge. I'm happy with that. Did I tell you I was single? Um, so there you go. I can only advise um, that you uh, just tell him to stop worrying about it. For goodness sake. Ridiculous. If you've got questions um, that need uh, answering, then uh, get in touch and send your problems in. And uh, I'll do my best to not really answer them. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> Coming your way, more stuff as we investigate, is global warming real or can you make snowballs? Thereby saying that global warming can't possibly exist, according to one absolutely miraculously unintelligent American senator. That's exactly what happened this week. All that and more right here on News Talk 1010. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. That's right. That's where you are. Newstalk1010.com. Also available on the AM. Well, that sounded like a pirate radio the way I said that. Also available on the AM, innit? Just going out to all the cool kids. Actually, I don't think young youth of today wouldn't say cool kids, would they? It's not the 80s. I've forgotten how to be cool. It happened about 10 years ago. I, it just, I woke up one day and I realised that I'd just been ripped of my cool badge and you never get it back. If you're a dad, you can relate to this. Um, I'm not sure what to do about it, really. I, I tried to go clubbing the other day and felt like an absolute muppet. You just, I suppose it's age, really, isn't it? Vinny, do you know what grime music is? Uh, I do. It's, see if I can describe it. Grime is like garage, but yeah. it's a bit darker. Yeah, well, because when you said pirate radio, I know that that apparently in England they they play a lot of grime over pirate radio. I could be wrong. Play a lot of grime, a lot of dubstep, mate. Yeah, actually, can you get me some dubstep? Or, okay. Or grime, and I will, you know, bid to see if I can still be cool. I will pretend that this is a pirate radio station in London for the youth, and see if I've still got it. Not that I used to do that, but I just want to know that I can cross boundaries. I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay, here we go. All right. Here we go. Some dizzy rascal going on here. Freak out people if they're tuning in the car. You, I love you. You, I love you. Okay, here we go. They're really bad at using microphones, so this is how they normally sound. This one's going out to everyone in the south. South of the river this time of night. The Camberwell Massive. You got it. Lock on. Hold on. You got this. Yeah, the sounds of the dizziness. This is Pirate Radio News Talk 1010 Toronto, innit? Boom Yakashak. I don't think they say Boom Yakashak. Knocking out the best guy, and this one's going out to Toppin and the Massive. Lock on. I don't know what that means, but they always say it. Lock on. It's going out to your mum. She's doing the knitting. No, she probably wouldn't say that. It's not that cool. What's going out to? We've always got ridiculous names. Um, Dappy and Tom. Big up, to, big up, Dappy. Big up, Tom. I don't know what that means. Big up, lock on. All right, that's enough. I've actually got a headache. That was great. 
Thanks. I've still got it. I can do cool. If you thought I was cool, text in on 71010. There's people driving around now thinking, am I, am I in 1990s England in southern London? <laughs> Odd. Um, good. I don't know. I'm not sure where that came from, but these are the spontaneous things that make this show the bloody miraculous thing that it is. Senator disproves climate change with snowball fact. When I say fact, I mean not fact, but you can dress anything up as a fact as long as you have a not particularly convincing argument, but just stubborn and don't hear any side other than your own. Yes, how to be a senator. This week in the news, I was astonished to see that Senator Jim Inhofe, who is a Republican from Oklahoma, Oklahoma in the goddamn land of freedom, America. I love it because it's so free. Uh, has once and for all disproven climate change. Yes, while eggheads at stupid science laboratories were busy worrying about how the increase in heat-trapping gases in the atmosphere was leading to a long-term upward shift in temperatures uh, during the summer and increased atmospheric moisture. Inhofe happened to notice it was cold outside. Yes, an astonishing performance. This senator... Uh, discussed that it was weirdly cold outside. So cold, in fact, that water falling from the sky had frozen solid. So he brought in some frozen water into the Capitol building and onto the Senate floor to show everyone. Now, this is one of the most astonishing things I've seen happen in America, which is quite a statement because America is, and I think we can all agree, as it's had, it's a bit bonkers. Hmm? Yes, uh, that's right. I said we're your hat, which makes you, America, our bum. Hm? And when you stop acting like it, then maybe we'll change that. Uh, but it is quite phenomenal what he did this week. I, I will play the audio of this because you don't need the video. All I need to tell you is this. He referred back to when, um, to a time that his kids made an igloo. Um, and he was his argument... By the way, I should mention that he has written a book called Global Warming, The Greatest Hoax. I think we can see where he stands on this argument from the title of the book. Um, but he said, um, using not one bit of weather-related data, uh, that he could disprove that global warming was happening. He could just... It's all nonsense, he said. And uh, as I said, he was referring to when his kids made an igloo. And you will hear this audio clip. I want you to know that at the point that he starts referring to a snowball, he pulls a snowball out of a plastic bag. This is in the Senate building, a place where responsible, educated men congregate to discuss the future of the most powerful country in the world. Good, then, that he brought a bloody snowball in. Hmm? Hear this. First started all the hysteria on global warming. And it happened to be another a, a snowstorm that had been unprecedented. It set a record that year. And there's a charming family of six, I say to my friend in the chair, that, um, that built this. And their picture is here. And that happens to be my daughter and her family of six. And uh, at that time, it got a lot of attention. Actually, it got a lot of, of uh, national attention. And in, in case we have forgotten, because we keep hearing that 2014 has been the warmest year on record, I asked the chair, you know what this is? It's a snowball. And that's just from outside here. So it's very, very cold out, very unseasonal. So here, Mr. President, catch this. Mm -hmm. um, 
Right. So that's that's the argument. Now, it's not known if Mr President caught the snowball because the footage is only on him. But I assume if he did, or even if he didn't... Hundreds of people visited a makeshift memorial. Okay. Never mind. Vinny, we have a call. Okay. Well, don't sound so surprised, Elliot. We often have calls. People will start thinking that we only get one call a show if you say it like that. I don't like the urgency in your voice. You got so excited that we had a call, you accidentally played the wrong news clip and then interrupted my patter, which admittedly wasn't going anywhere in particular. The video audio auto-played, actually. But, yeah, there is a caller. Is it a nice person? Seems interesting. You got a name for me? I did not get that part. What exactly do you do on that side of the glass? There's a lot of buttons and there's a screen or two. Shouldn't you learn to use them? I know know how to use a couple of them, yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I think you spend your time doing? I think as soon as my back's turned, you buff your head. I do. I get out a big device and I just shine it. There's no way that you could have such an egg-like feature without some buffing. It's true. It's if I true. catch you buffing, instead of taking these callers' names, I will come in there and I will debuff you. Do you like me to get his name first? No, I'll stick him on. I trust you. Okay, press the right buttons. Hello, caller. What is your name, since Elliot didn't use his responsible actions of asking you? Well, yeah, no. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, you can call me Hoopyak. Um, at any rate, uh, okay. I nearly drove off the road there for a minute. You need to tell us when you're going to be telling, saying jokes. When you characterize the United States Senate as a body of intelligence and, uh, what was it, responsible people, yes. that's one of the funniest things I've heard in a long time. <laughs> that's, uh, America has actually gone through a huge morphogenesis. It is now actually an, an example of how democracies around the world should not operate. Yes, it's the anti-model, really. It is absolutely the anti-model. Look at that stuff they're doing right now with their homeland security. I mean, these are a group of people... Uh, who are they're putting their partisanship before their patriotism, and uh, it's just it's pathetic. But it's a good object lesson for the rest of the world who can look at them and just see what kind of hypocrites they truly are. Yeah, no, I, t- I mean, brash, but I actually do agree with you on most things. Militarising the police in more recent years seems to be definitely pushing oh, the country in the wrong like direction. Oh, it's like an army of occupation now, the, the, the police there. If you look, but you can go on YouTube and find videos from, and they're very proud of it, from their various police and sheriff's academies, mm. and they're running them like Marine Corps boot camps. Yeah, and don't forget this is a country that also has the highest rate of incarceration on the planet per capita. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's all part of the phony war on drugs and, and stuff like that. Hasn't that and been a, a, ro- a royal success, that war on drugs? I don't think you can get drugs in America anymore. You, uh, here's the deal, though. I'll, just cut, I'll end with this. All of the most egregious and violent assaults and crimes committed by police officers and law enforcement in the United States, and sadly it's trying to creep up here, is done under the rubric of officer safety. They use that and all of a sudden excuses everything they do wrong, and anybody who complains is just anti-police. There we are. What was your name again? Hoopy, hoopy Boobs. Oh, yeah. That was like... Um, I didn't expect him to hang up. I was, I was done with him. I wasn't going to let him carry on. But I didn't know that he'd just hang up. It almost added gravitas to his point. You know, like when you have an argument and you go, and that's the way it is, and walk out and shut the door. He did that. He did an audio version of slamming the door in my face. Elliot, I'd like to have a on-air meeting about our callers. Right. Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. could you screen them so we can get their name? You want? Do you want the name? And I'll, I'll take their fake name. Yeah, fake names are fine. Hoopy boobs or whatever he was. Yeah. 
had a fake name, but a fake name is better than no name. Yes. I mean, when I'm in Starbucks, a rare opportunity, because after that American conversation, I tend to move away from the large conglomerates that run that government. But nonetheless, yes. when I am and they give me a name, I usually say Gershwin. Yeah. Yeah, I like a fake name, like a, like the next man. But if you wouldn't mind putting up their fake name. Sure, also, sure. Also, if you could sort of work out what their rough point is. Okay. That'd be nice. The, the weird thing, I find people, um, they will change from the moment I talk to them. Do they? They say, I want to talk about the dangers of uh, pasteurized milk. The American yeah. government are yes. evil! Yes, it's a funny, but no, I will, I will do this. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks, mate. No worries. Um, give us a call. I, I'm going to take another call. Give a call in now if you... Um, I don't want it to just be a big hate campaign against the US because despite the plethora of stupid problems in that country, um, there's a couple of good things about it. Uh, skiing. They've got that, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> no, but that—that that, I, I do agree with his original point that Capitol Building is full of absolute lunatics. Global warming skepticism. Uh, skeptics might argue that in Hoff, the man that you heard there, the author of the book about global warming, the greatest hoax is using one bit of weather-related data to try to disprove a well-established long-term trend. They might note that the temperatures in February are supposed to be cold in the northern hemisphere. What with it being, I don't know, winter, which is less expected during winter. Uh, and they might note that the government did indeed declare 2014 to be the warmest year on record as a fact. A detail that is not disproven by a snowball in the year 2015. And the sad irony, of course, is if you know anyone living out west at the moment, you'll know that much of Vancouver and, uh, uh, and Calgary uh, have been incredibly mild and have in fact had uh, a very mild winter to date, a unseasonably mild one. And the whole point in global warming is it's extremes. Hmm? Okay. Good. Uh, when we come back, we'll take another call about something or other. Dunno. 416-872-1010. You can text the show on 71010 and we'll find out why did 400 men cut off their own testicles? 800 nuts. What went wrong? You're tuned in to The Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. Yes, you are. Nice to be here. It's my birthday on Wednesday. So... I am going out for celebration drinks this week. Um, so hopefully I'll have something to talk about next week. I'm going to that French restaurant. I think it's called La Palette on Queen Street. Quite looking forward to it. I'm, so, I'm still debating what to eat. I looked at the menu online in preparation. Because I'm going to go there this week. Vinny, there's something called the Quacken Track. I was, do you know what? I was just about to say that. Yeah. It's like the French version of a surf and turf. Do you know what a Quacken Track is? It's uh, duck leg, duck confit with uh, horse tenderloin. Yeah. Horse and duck, quack and track. I love what they did. It's worth doing that. So I might order it just for the name. Probably tastes awful. but There you go. Um, so I'll let you know how it goes. And uh, you can... Oh, that's nice. Compared to the sinister Putin, American are a lovable simpleton neighbours, says Willie. <laughs> Fair point. Not saying, by the way, that Canada or England, for that matter, are without criticism. I think throughout this show, I've been quite critical of other governments and perhaps not. I don't want you to think that I'm from a utopia or have moved to one, just for balance. 400 men cut off their testicles so they could get closer to God. What? Yes! You can't make this up. 
Uh, a preacher has allegedly convinced 400 men to cut off their knackers to bring them closer to God. Go and meet Ram Rahim Singh, which uh, sounds like an instruction order to me. Ram, then Singh, um, who is the head of socio-spiritual organisation Dera Sacha Sauda, told his 50 million followers, how do you get that? I don't know how you get 50 million followers. Uh, he told them to carry out castrations on themselves. Now, I think if he told 50 million and 400 said, yeah, right, that's a pretty good return rate. It's not like you're saying, can you go to church on Sunday? You're saying, can you cut your genitalia off, your bits and your bobs? Well, at least part of it. Yes, indeed, 400 men went ahead and cut off their testicles as a result of this, which I don't even know what that says about humanity, just that we're bloody stupid. The procedures, which witnesses claim were conducted at a hospital owned by Singh, took place in around the year 2000 and since then, um, but apparently people are only speaking out for the first time. They've probably just got over the pain. Yeah, I, I can only assume that they had to pay his hospital to treat them for cutting their nuts off, uh, which is possibly the most astonishing scam ever designed. But dubbed the guru in bling, Singh has an estimated net worth now of $40 million and has even starred in films. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, which, Herald, which um, carried this article, uh, he's uh, charged with conspiracy involving a murder of an investigative journalist back in 2002 and several female followers claim he sexually assaulted them, uh, but he has not been convicted. Now, the problem is, I don't know if he's got his nuts. Assuming he hasn't, I don't know why he's sexually assaulting anyone. I don't know. There's so many questions to be asked here. It's the only time I've ever really wanted to look at a man's uh, undercarriage, to be honest. I'd love to know. How you could possibly say that everyone else should cut their nuts off if you haven't done it yourself is beyond me. Uh, but that's just the contrary and contradictory idiocy that is very often modern-day religion. Uh, the current case was brought by India's Central Bureau Investigation, who accused Singh of grievous, grievous bodily harm. So far, when it comes to the nuts, he's had no charge. But then I suppose that makes sense. Like, I could say now on the radio, good evening, Toronto, and men of Toronto, uh, I'd like you to cut your nuts off this week, and if you were stupid enough to do it, could I be held accountable? I'm not... By the way, can we make it very clear that you should not remove either even one of your beautiful gentlemen's eggs? Keep them where they are. I believe they're there for a reason. I've yet to find out what it is. But one day when I have sex, I'm sure I will. Until that day, I'm going to keep those little fellas hanging where they are. Hmm? And why don't you do the same? And uh, in case you're listening in further stretches of the world and you're uh, incredibly vulnerable, insecure and lost, uh, if someone says, could you cut your nuts off? Here's a bit of advice. Don't cut your nuts off. You can have that for free. Finally, I leave you this week with news that there was some stolen wine. Yes, uh, about 5,000 bottles of wine were stolen from warehouse this week. Uh, in West Sussex, England, which is funnily enough where I'm from, uh, pallets of wine um, were emptied uh, and the, just the shrink-wrapped pallets were left behind as thieves made off with 5,000 bottles of English wine. Well, as it's English wine, I should imagine losses are estimated to be in their tens of dollars. Someone's going to have a very clean toilet. Uh, always a pleasure, never a chore. If you want to download this podcast and have more of this nonsense banging away in your brain for the rest of the week, why not go to vinniewhite.co.uk 
and I will be back for a two-hour double show of fun-packed loveliness next week as uh, I cover Pay again. She is in Namibia, Africa at the moment on safari as a spectator, not the animal. And uh, I will be covering her next week. So two hours of lovely stuff next week. Until then, I wish you a fine and beautiful week and I do hope it warms up. <laughs>